Welcome to the Massive Action Podcast. I'm your host, Stan Medina. I got three good tips for you that I'm going to give you on real estate investing. And these three tips are going to save you a lot of time, money, energy, frustration, headache, uh, sleepless nights, arguments, disagreements. You get, you get the picture. So, coming from a, a single family mom and her, you know, working her whole entire life, you know, first she worked at Dairy Queen for about 15 years and then uh, remaining of her life, she's, you know, still, still working at, at Walmart. Uh, so, real estate investing and, and acquiring assets wasn't something that that we even talked about it wasn't something that we focused on it wasn't it wasn't like a priority in our, in our family life uh, and so at a young age I had twin boys at, at the age of 16 I, I had twin boys and so it automatically threw me into the work workforce you know as a, as a laborer and so I started off in the, in, the, in the body shop industry as a porter. Prior to that, I started off like at Blockbuster. I started off working at a Chinese restaurant. Uh, I started off doing this labor work. And at the, at the, at the age of 16, uh, it was a pretty difficult time in my life because I really didn't know uh, exactly where I was going, what I was doing, or what my purpose was, who, was, who I was as, a, as an actual person. And over the years, uh, made a lot of mistakes. I got in a lot of trouble. Um, you know, I, I escaped death a couple of times. Uh, being involved with gangs, drugs, like, you know, pretty, pretty, uh, you know, rough childhood. But as I got older, I started to, you know, ask more questions about, you know, what I was doing, if it was the right thing to do. And uh, it didn't actually start till maybe about six years in the body shop industry. I started off as a porter, and then I, I worked my way up to a, a you know painter's helper, uh, body man. But uh, I met I met a, a, a gentleman. His name was Steve, and uh, he was a younger guy. But his parents owned the dealership, and I asked him a couple of questions on how do how do I start a business. And he actually, he kind of gave me some, some tips on what I needed to do to start a business. So at the age of like about, I think, 18, 19, I think, I opened my first business. And it was, of course, like a home business. I would sell auto accessories and, and stuff like that, but it, it, was a, it was a business. And so um, I acquired like this entrepreneur mindset at, at a young age. But I never really did anything big with it until about the age of maybe 35 is when uh, I started to, to really self-educate myself on on a lot of information, basically, like, you know, real estate investing, personal growth. Uh, I wanted to know more about that stuff. So I picked up the book. Uh, it was Rich Dad, Poor Dad. 
And as I was reading through this book, you know, I, I kind of was reflecting on all the decisions I made in my life prior to that point. And I, man, I felt, you know, how if you, if you feel like you want to kick yourself in the ass because you're like, man, you know what? I wasted all that money and I don't have nothing to show for that feeling. That's the feeling I had that day. And I remember I was sitting outside on the sidewalk, you know, I was actually listening to the book because I had it on Audible and I had the card copy. And um, I was like, man, just thinking back, if I if I had this book when I was 18, 19, 20, I said, man, it, it, I would be in a whole different place right now. So I made a commitment at that point to, to start my real estate investing career. So tip number one is gonna be to study the industry. That's gonna be through books, YouTube videos, podcast. Uh, you wanna you wanna maybe kind of meet some real estate investors, maybe some realtors, just to kind of start to get the language. And what I mean by the language is whatever industry you're in, whether you're in a the oil field, whether you're a mechanic, whether you're a butcher, whether you're a plumber, electrician, um, whatever the whatever industry you know you're in, you speak a certain kind of language. So, if you're a mechanic, I'm pretty sure when you're at work, you you can speak to other technicians about certain information. You might say, you know what, we need to run a diagnostic test on this. You know the uh, cylinder number one is misfiring. That that's that's the, the the language, okay. The same thing applies in the real estate industry. Whenever you meet other investors, you got to know how to talk the language. You need to you know you need to say, okay, are we going to do a flip here? Is this a wholesale deal? You know, are we going to refinance it? Are we going to rehab it? Uh, how's you know this? You know, is, we need to do a uh, reroute. Do we need to do a, a static test? Um, do we need to get appraised? Do, like, there's certain languages, there's certain there's certain vocabulary that that you need to talk to, that you need to know, if you want to get into the real estate industry. So, tip number one is going to be to learn the language, and to do your homework on the industry. Like I said, podcasts, YouTube videos, uh, books, just look up stuff google stuff just kind of start to get familiar with with the language and and kind of you know what people are talking about you know how to deal with tenants uh, how to refinance you know stuff like that okay tip number one is gonna be something that I, I ignored for a long time and and I wish I, I didn't ignore it so whenever I, I started uh, our first business so my first business was South Texas custom I, I was um, I did a lot of custom painting uh, for a lot of uh, people all over Texas you, you might be able to find some of the, the older videos if you if you search South Texas custom Stan Medina 
on YouTube, you're going to find some of these older videos and you can kind of see uh, what kind of person I was as far as my character back in the day. Uh, but it, it was it was pretty it was pretty it was pretty cool though. I had a lot of fun in those those days. Uh, we made a lot of money, and uh, it, it was a good time. It was a good time. It, it, it gave me an outlet uh, for for my you know childhood to to release a lot of stuff that I went through, and it, it was it was pretty fun. But one of the things that I neglected as a as a business owner was my business finances. I was making money. You know, uh, I had I had a bookkeeper at the time that that wasn't, you know, I mean, I'm just gonna say they weren't they weren't the best bookkeeper. You know, they, they didn't understand business, and that's something I learned later on. Like, just because you have a bookkeeper and they give you business advice doesn't mean they're a business advisor. They they're a bookkeeper. They're a bookkeeper. They just keep the books. They don't advise businesses on how to make business decisions. And so at a young age, I assumed because they were bookkeepers, they were giving me good business information on decision and what I, what I need to do with my business. And so part of part of their, you know, strategy was to was that Hey, you know what? If you claim zero, or if you, if you report zero, you don't have to. Re if you report a loss, you don't have to pay any taxes. And so, I was like, "All right, well, let's let's do that." And so, for years, they always did my books. And for years, the business never made any income on on paper because everything was a write off. Everything was. You know, that's just the way they did the, their their books, <coughs> and and me as not having any business sense thought that was okay. But it wasn't until I started meeting other successful business owners, and they told me they said, "No, you know what, man, you got to do your books the right way. You got to make sure your books are accurate." You got to make sure that you know what's going on with your business financially. And I said, well, wh why, why is that? They said, because if you ever expect to grow, that's the first thing that, you know, banks are going to look at. That's the first thing that they're going to look at to see if you're credible of growing, growing your business. At the time, I was like, well, you know what, like, uh, I just buy everything cash. I don't care about my credit. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm good. You know, like, I, I if I want to grow, I can just, you know, I'll make the money and we'll just, we'll just buy it cash. That's that. That was the mindset I had. Well, it wasn't until I wanted to buy a building. First thing the banker asked, he says, "Let me see. Do you have your books for the last three years?" And uh, I said, "Yeah, but you know, the, we, we make money." I can afford it. He's like, no, it doesn't matter if you can make money. It doesn't matter if you have money in your bank account. It matters on how your your last three books show. What, what kind of profit were you making? Did y'all just have a bunch of? Did y'all have lo a loss for those three years? Because if you did, I mean, how can I help you when you show that your business is not making money? So there I was, thinking that I had you know this successful business. Thinking I had it figured out, 
and and it was a reality check. There I was again thinking, man, you know what? For the last three years, I wasted all this time because I never built anything. I never built any 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 track record showing that the business was profitable. So I made a decision that day. I said, you know what? I said, tell me what I need to do. He says, okay, you need to have your, your books in the right order. You need to have your books done the correct way. Showing that, that if your business is profitable, if it is, it needs to show on paper. And uh, you need to get your credit score up. Credit score, your, your credit's horrible. So what I did was I went and I found the best bookkeeper that I could find. I said, you know what, I'm going to find the best bookkeeper. And so I found a bookkeeper to redo my past three-year taxes. They redid my past three-year taxes. I was having to pay money back to the IRS. But it was going to show it was going to be accurate. And with that, with those numbers being accurate, I was able to move forward in my real estate investing career because those last three those those last three years were going to be done correctly. So tip number two is going to be make sure that you have a knowledgeable bookkeeper. Make sure that you have a bookkeeper that's not going to let you cut corners. The bookkeeper is going to be the one telling you not to cut corners. She's going to be in charge. You have to tell her, you have to be straight with her and say, look, I don't want you, I don't want you to allow me to cut any corners and do stuff that's going to backfire on me later. If you think that I'm doing something wrong, if you know that it's not right, you need to tell me so that I can correct it. You need to be, you need to help me. We need to work together as a team. That, that, that bookkeeper is going to be part of your team because they're going to look out for your best interest. Just because you're paying them to do your books doesn't mean that you can run all over them and you can tell them what you want to do and you're going to write this off and you're not going to pay this and you're going to show this. Let them do their job so that you won't have to, so you can sleep at night and that, that if, if real estate investing is what you want to do, you'll be prepared for it. Second, we're still in second, okay? Make sure your bookkeeping is up to date. Make sure that you're, you have a bookkeeper that knows what she's doing. Make sure that y'all have some kind of plan as far as like, okay, you know what? We're going to make sure that everything's consistent. Tell me what I need to do. And you're going to create like a system that you do to keep your books. Whether you enter your receipts, whether you, you save your receipts, whatever you got to do, you got to make sure that you create a system to make sure it's the same thing you're doing. Make sure you're doing the same, the same process every year for your books. Whether that be you entering your, your receipts, you entering your invoices, whatever the case, even if even if you don't have a business, you can still be working with the bookkeeper to make sure that your finances are, are straight. So if you do go to a bank, you, you show out pretty good. With your credit, you want to make sure that you're monitoring your credit before you even think about going into real estate investing. There's a lot. There's a lot of people that they say, "Oh, you can get into real estate investing with no money down. You don't need no credit." You know, that 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 that's 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 similar to saying, you know, the get rich quick thing. You know, there's no such thing as get rich quick. 
because the quicker you get it, the faster you're going to lose it. Okay. So make sure you have the bookkeeper that, that on, on track with your books, make sure that you monitor your credit score. Make sure you're working towards getting your credit score up. I'm going to do a separate podcast on the credit score, how to get that up. It'll be too long to go into details on that, but focus on getting your credit score up. Make sure you know what's on your credit. Make sure that, you know, if there's something on there that's old and it's, it's just kind of like weighing on your shoulder, just pay it and avoid, I repeat, avoid any credit repair places. Why do I say that? It's because you don't want to put a band-aid over your credit score. You don't want to try to do a quick fix. You don't want to try to, you want to feel the pain of having to pay those old debts off. You want to feel the pain of saying, man, you know what? I'm having, I, this, this, this bill is five years old. I'm, I'm barely going to pay it. You, you want to feel that pain and you want to feel that anger because if you can feel that pain and feel that anger, it's more likely you won't repeat it. Hear me? If you can create that pain, it's more likely you won't repeat it and get back into debt. If you hire someone, they're trying to, you know, put some band-aids over this and they're trying to do that. You're going to think it's an easy fix. So your, your chances of going back into debt are going to be very high. So avoid that. Get your credit score up. Last thing, number three, okay? It's going to be very important because this is, the, this is the, the, the part that a lot of people get frustrated on. A lot of people give up at this point. A lot of people say this is not for me is to build relationships. What do you mean, Stan, build relationships? I'm talking about building bank relationships, okay? You're going you're gonna to be kind of embarrassed to go to talk to bankers at the beginning. If, if you have bad credit or if your bookkeeping is not in, in, in the best shape. But that's okay because you're going to be wanting to fix it. And so by you building these banking relationships... It's just you're preparing yourself. That's all you're doing. So let's say, for example, you know, in, in two years, you want to get into real estate investing. In one year, you want to get into real estate investing. In six months, you want to go into real estate investing. Now is the time to start reaching out to different bank lenders. Start figuring out who's in your community. And you want to build those relationships. And so some of the ways that you can build those relationships is going to be through organizations. Okay, what do I mean by organizations? So that's going to be like the Toastmasters, the Rotary Club, the Masonic Lodge, uh, the Koalas or whatever, the any, any organization, you know, that you can volunteer for, any organization that you can be a part of that consists of different business owners because... If you can get in that environment, it's going to help you build business relationships and banking relationships. Maybe you don't want to go to, maybe you don't want to join like an association. Maybe you just want to go straight to the bank. That's fine. You can go straight to a bank and say, you know what? I want to, uh, do y'all have a loan officer? You're going to introduce yourself. 
you're gonna say look mr mr john uh my name is stan you know in, a, in the next year i want to get into real estate investing i wanted to, to kind of meet you first i wanted to see if we can maybe build a relationship maybe you can run my credit maybe you can tell me what i need to do to be prepared in one year so when i come back in six months one year two years whatever you want to do that i'm ready and he's gonna say okay let's just take a look at what you got oh man you need to get your, your books in order you need to show that you're making a profit here uh your credit score needs to be at least here uh let's see if we can remove some of this stuff on your credit and then come back and let's talk Okay, that's how you're going to build the relationship and you want to follow up with him. You want to let him know what's going on. Call him within the next one. Say, hey, Mr. John, you know what? Hey, man, I got that thing taken off of my credit, man. We're looking good. You want to keep what you're doing. It's similar to planting a tree. What you're doing, right? Or, or planting anything. The first time you go into that, that bank, the first time you go into that loan officer to meet that loan officer, you're planting a seed. You're going to you're gonna go plant the seed. Okay? You're gonna introduce yourself. You're gonna tell them what you're wanting to do. And then every you know couple of weeks, months, or whatever they however long you you decided to take to, to get into your real estate investing career, you want to make sure that you're nourishing that seed, make sure you're watering it, make sure you're giving it sun, make sure you're giving it attention. Hey, hey John, you know what? Man, I'm doing good, man. I I, I found this bookkeeper. Or you might even take it up a, a, a step up, right? And you might say, hey, John, you know what? Who do you who do you recommend uh, that does bookkeeping that I can, you know, go to that that you can help me, that they'll be able to help me do my books? So now what you're, what's, what's happening there is, is John knows that you trust him. And he knows that you're asking him for advice. So that's going to make him feel good. He's going to say, you know what? Go talk to my friend, Debbie. She has a bookkeeping office. Tell her I sent you over there. And that's going to help you even strengthen your relationship because now you're connecting with his, the people that he works with. And so now it's going to be a lot easier down the road for you to get into that loan. And you're saying, yeah, you know what, man, Sam, I'm not good with, with meeting people. I'm not good with um, talking with people. Well, you have to decide, would you, would you, would you rather not talk to people and and stay broke, or would you rather say, you know what, Stan, uh, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna do it, man. I'm I know I don't have, you know, that much confidence in myself. I know it doesn't matter. You know, you got to just go out there and do it. After you do it a, a couple of times, you're gonna start to feel comfortable. You're gonna start to you're gonna start to build that confidence. You're gonna start to know, and at the same time, remember, you're learning the the language. So whenever he asks about something or whatever you're gonna know a little bit about what he's talking about he's gonna know that you're investing the time and energy to educate yourself on the real estate investing industry okay that's one of the the main things like with loan officers other investors if 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 you're trying to have a conversation with them and they know that you don't really know the language they know that you're asking like these corny questions they know that you're not really serious, that you're just trying to dabble around and and kind of just act like you want to get in the industry. They're going to shut you down. They're not going to give you the, the golden nuggets. They're not going to give you uh, the access to, to the to the uh, gatekeepers. They're not, they're not going to give you access to the decision makers. They're going to keep your, your information very, you know, plain and generic, you know. 
So learn the language, do some homework, find a good bookkeeper, focus on your credit score. And number three, like I said, was build relationships with bankers, build some relationships in your community, figure out who's who in your community, build those relationships with them, nourish those relationships. Um, even you can even contact them through Facebook. Say, hey, you know what? Uh, but like I said, if you're going to contact a, an investor, I mean, a, a loan officer or investor through Facebook, make sure you know what you're talking about. Make sure you're not just uh, bugging them. And don't like one of the one of the things that you don't want to do is you don't want to message someone and says, hey, I want to take you to. Can we go to lunch one of these days? Can we go to lunch one of these days? A lot of times those those bankers, those investors, those people that are that are making decisions those decision makers they don't have time to to go to lunch and let me pick your brain like it, it doesn't work like that the way that you want to get access to those people is you want to add value to them you want to you want to see what they're associated with you want to see if you can help them do something that's going to give you access to their time for example you know if one of my one of my real estate investing buddies, he's pretty he's pretty big on real estate investing. I'm, I'm always asking him, what can I help you with? Is there anything I can help you with? Uh, you know, if he's out of town, hey, do you need? If you, I know you're going to be out of town this weekend, if there's anything I can do for you, in, you know, during the weekend, let me know. I'll be available. So I'm just adding value to that. I'm just adding value to that relationship. I don't need to go to lunch with them. I don't need, you know, I'm just nourishing that relationship because there's going to come a time, and there has become times in the past. When I'll be in the middle of a, of a situation, a deal, and I'm not sure what to do, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm undecisive on, 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 on what I should do with the deal. I don't know, you know, I need, I need someone else's opinion. I'll, I'll call him. I'll say, hey, do you, have a, do you have a couple of minutes to get on the phone? He'll be like, sure, call me up. And I'll be like, hey, I'm, I'm in the middle of this deal right here. Uh, what are your thoughts on this? What do you think I should do on this? Oh, Stan, this is what you should probably do on that, man. All right, thank you. So what I, what I did was I didn't, stop his day and say let's go to lunch and i want to pick your brain and i want to like you know whatever i just keep in contact and says hey man if there's anything you need this weekend let me know i'll be i'll be available i'm going to be running some errands on that side of town if you need anything just let me know i know you're going to be out of town this weekend if uh any of your tenants anything call me i'll send my guy over there to take care of it and just those small things go a long way because whenever you need uh a specific detailed information or something you can you can you'll have the, the time to give them a call and uh, and get that question solved so i hope those three tips helped you uh thank y'all for listening massive action podcast uh we're back at it guys